You are resilient. You've been resilient with changes. Through COVID, lockdown, lockup, whatever. You've been through everything. Stuff happens. It's okay. No judgment here. This is a safe place. There's no drama. There's no judgment in Next Level Church. There's no DJ in Next Level Church. Amen? So today we're changing it up a little bit because we want to be closer to you. We want to be intentional in our relationship. We don't want it to be a performance. Because many of us are really good at performing. We like to wear our mask. We like to put on our best, you know, Sunday morning suit and whatnot. But I came here today to tell you that you are resilient. And you have something to offer. You are strong. There's a purpose, a calling. There's a plan God has for your life. And as I was, I always wrestle with God before I, I, I preach. I'm, always, I'm like, if God, you don't come with me, I don't want to go and say anything. But there's some shift that took place in my heart this morning and even during the worship. And so I'm changing gears. So I'm going to mention some scriptures that are not going to be on the screen. But since you brought your Bible and your notebook, you will find it there. I always like to bug you, but I highly encourage you uh, to get the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. And we gave out free notebooks, right Kiana? Yes. So we, I believe note takers are world changers. So maybe if starting next week, you can start taking notes. But you have adapted, you have stayed connected, you have tried and you have attended and you've done so many things. And so we want to say Next Level Church, we are proud to be your pastors. We celebrate every single one of you and all our new friends. We welcome you. There's room for you. You don't have to look like us or believe what we believe. There's room for you because there's room in our Father's house. Jesus has a big table for us. He's preparing and there's room for every single one of us at the table. And it's so wonderful and it's so beautiful uh, that we can be a multicultural church where God can bring people from different walks of life to come together to do something that changes people's destinies. Amen. That is a beautiful thing. We're on a mission. Everybody say, we're on a mission. And together we're doing something purposeful. And that's why we're excited about the move. So we'll be here for another two weeks. So don't skip church for the next two weeks. We'll be here for another two weeks. Today we're going to pack up we're going to get a U-Haul and pack up everything that we can. Make sure it's our stuff. We don't want to take the building owner's stuff. Don't be grabbing no violence in the back. That's not ours. No cellos in the back. That's not ours. But we're excited because God is in it. We're excited because God is with us. You have to be terrified if you're on your own. But even when you're alone, you're never alone. You may feel lonely, but you're never alone. Because God has promised to be with you. It is us who rejects God. It is us who pushes God away. And we say, God, let me do it my way. But God's way is the best way. So let's let go of my way and say yes to thy way. Because Yahweh's way is better than my way. Amen? It's a privilege to work together. And I was telling the team earlier that, yes, you can get content anywhere. You can get... Till you go blue in the face, you can have content online and amazing preaching and be like, wow, so good. And then you go back to doing your normal thing that you normally do. But it's community and connection that really changes us. When you're known, loved and challenged. 
And that's why we, the church, we're not promoting our church. We're promoting who Jesus is. He's the only one who is worthy of praise. He's the only one who is qualified to be glorified. Amen? I didn't plan on rhyming, but it's working. It is such a privilege to do something for Jesus. Because He's done it all for us. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. All the other religions tell you that you have to do certain things to earn the love of God. To qualify into paradise or whatnot. But Jesus has done it all. And He says, you are my beloved. I love you unconditionally. Maybe you are that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter who ran away. Walked away from God. But He's saying, welcome home. There's room for you at the table. There's space in my heart. And the church is the bride of Christ. And last few weeks we've been talking about being the bride of Christ. And last week I talked about the ten the virgins. There were foolish ones and the wise ones. The foolish ones were not prepared for the return of the bridegroom. And the bridegroom symbolizes Christ. But the wise ones were ready. And this is the, the exciting and the terrifying thing as we enter into a new season is as we're serving God, we have to be mindful that Jesus is coming back. And we got to have our lamps burning. We got to have oil in our lamps. And the oil represents the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the promise that Jesus gave us when He died and He rose again. He said, I will... What did I say? What did He say? I'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. That, that's where the line comes from. And He said, I promise... I send you my promise and the promise is the Holy Spirit who will be your helper. He will be a comforter. He will teach you things. You have access to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go to a building to receive the Holy Spirit. You can receive the Holy Spirit when you open up your hearts and you say yes to the Lord. Can we do that? Why, why we wait till the end of the preaching? May I invite you to close your eyes, open your hands as a sign of surrender and as a sign of of saying yes to Jesus and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, teach me. Help me to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me with tongues of fire, with your spiritual giftings, God. I want more of you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So community and connection is what's important. You can be a church. You can go to work and do a task, but you may not feel fulfillment. But you can be part of the church community and be connected and do the most randomest thing, like greeting people. Or say hi. They're saying hi right now in the lobby. Or serve coffee. Or pick up trash. But in your heart, you will have that fulfillment. Because there's a God void that only God can fulfill. But we run our lives seeking for status and, and recognition and followers and, and money. And, and in the end, it all leaves us empty. Only community and connection. That's why we the church is so important. 
And guess what? We are relocating uh, and we'll be starting in our new building in September. But even more exciting is the Connect Groups. And I'm excited about the Relationship Goals Connect Group that's starting up. And there's going to be other uh, things that we're going to do. You know, we're going to have our prayer meetings again and creative labs we're going to have. We're going to bring in people to train our creative team. We're going to have leadership labs and things like that. So it's very exciting. But I, I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, you are resilient, but just don't stay thinking about your past accomplishments. You need to be known, loved, and challenged in the present. You've heard me talk about the importance of being known, loved, and challenged. This is why we don't encourage people to church hop. Because you need to be rooted and planted so that you can be known, loved, and challenged. Right now. So when Kiana's Connect Group starts, when we have other Connect Groups starting up in September, sign up. Because as Pastor M said, Sundays are for celebration. And weekdays is where we go deep. And whatever stage in life you're in, there's a Connect Group for you. Amen? Because God wants you to be healthy. He just doesn't want you to come on Sundays for parties or celebration. He wants you to be healthy and high impact because God wants to use your life to impact somebody else's life. That uncle that sits in the back of the Tim Hortons that looks hopeless and tired and sad because his family neglects, neglects him. Well, guess what? You're the missionary. You're the evangelist God wants to use. He doesn't want you to call me or somebody else to go and talk. To. He wants you. That cashier that you see every day and you do small talk. What if you were to go one extra step and connect in a deeper way because you are the vessel? God has created a divine opportunity for you to minister to that person. And you, need, you don't need to have a, a theological degree to do that. And so God wants you to have a high impact and healthy life. And that comes from community and connection. You need to be surrounded by like-minded people. And many of you know I'm an introvert. So you might be thinking like, well, what are you doing behind the mic? I don't know either. But God called me. And I cannot get any better on my own by isolating myself. I have to intentionally make time. And I have to intentionally take steps to go forward. Otherwise, I will just naturally go backwards. And that's where the comfort is. We want to just... A comfort says, just stay comfortable. But the Lord says, go forward. Step into the unknown. And we can go with confidence because He is with us. God is encouraging us today that it's all about people. I'm not going to read this, but you can write it down. It's 2 Corinthians 7, 5 to 7. There, Paul is talking. Just to quickly summarize, Paul is facing pain, he's facing restlessness, exhaustion, discouragement. What does God do? God sends him a person. God's prescription to overcome our discouragement is people. God's answer to bring encouragement into your life today is people. God wants to surround you with people. But the enemy says, isolate yourself. Don't show them. Don't show them what you're going through. Just, just 
Just do your thing and get out. Many of us are stressed out. Many of us are, are exhausted, overwhelmed, full of anxiety. And we want to be the church, but we're like, God, I got too many issues. I'm stressed out. How many of you are stressed out? I want to give you four steps in your stress. Actually, before I give you the four steps, let me tell you the four steps of stress response. The first step in stress response is we're at rest, we're at peace. Second response, the way we deal with stress is that we lean into relationship. How many times you go to your co-worker in their cubicle, interrupt their work to talk about your drama? Waste their time and just go in circles and then you feel better though at the end, right? You need to talk about it. So the second step in our stress response is we talk about it. We lean into relationship when, start, when, when stress starts to go up a little, little, little bit when it goes up. The third response to stress is adrenaline fueled. This is the fight or flight. This is where we either rise up to the challenge or we pack up and run away. Fight or flight. I'm wondering if, if you can relate to any of these. I can relate to this one especially. And, and, and the truth is, majority of us are on this step. Fight or flight. Either we rise up or we're like, I'm out of here. The fourth response is dis, dissociate. In other words, disconnect from our thoughts, our feelings, our relationship. We go back, you know, like the turtle pulls back into the turtle shell. Or the ostrich digs his head in the, in the, in the dirt. Pretend nothing is happening. Basically, we're saying, I can't handle this anymore. So we pull away, we disconnect from everything. And I think if we would be honest, many of us are dancing between the third and the fourth. Yes? Never getting back to that place of peace and rest where God intended us to be. Last week I talked to you about not just rest, but restoration. It comes from the still waters because God, our good shepherd, is leading us by the green pastures and by still waters. And that's where we find rest and restoration. So that place of rest and restoration, many of us don't find it because we're dancing between rising up to the challenge or pulling away or numbing out the world with different entertainment, distractions, substances. So check this. The whole point of me sharing this with you is that God's key to get you back to rest and peace is relationship. And relationship is only found in people. That's God's prescription for you. God's prescription is people. And that's why it's so important to be part of God's church. So say this after me. In this season, I'm going to lean into relationship. Okay. Friendship. Some of you are like, okay, pastor said it. So I am just going to open up my option, download a few apps, swipe right most of the time. But sometimes I might swipe left and... Friendship. When I say relationship, I'm talking about a healthy, wholesome relationship 
as in friendship, all right? My number one dating advice is don't be dating if you're not ready for marriage. You don't play with people's hearts. But they didn't put me on the panel, so I'll keep that for the next one. <laughs> I want to hear what you guys had to say. And so that's the, that's the heart of Next Level Church. We want to create room for everybody to belong. Everybody to feel welcome. A safe place where you can be known, loved, and challenged. And as your pastors, you know that anything you tell us, we will never criticize you or judge you for it. Because we believe in you. We believe that you are resilient, that you are called for something great. We want the church members and the, and the people in the dream team to do greater things than what God has done or doing through Pastor Michala and I. But the only way you can excel is by being known, loved, and challenged. Challenged. And that's the way you can do that is by growing in friendship. No time for that? Ain't nobody got time for that. But then look at the exhaustion we put ourselves through dancing on steps three and four. Yes, we're busy. Yes, stuff is going on. Like I'm overwhelmed. I'm studying and working. I'm doing random things and being on TikTok four hours a day. Like I'm very busy. I don't have time for relationship. I don't have time for friendship. I don't have time for being known, loved and challenged. And you want me to come in one day in addition to Sunday? Like that's no time. But then look at the exhaustion and all the anxiety that you are struggling with by dancing between steps three and four. And that's adrenaline fueled, fight or flight, or disconnecting. Step three and four. Basically, step three and four is a non productive step, it's a non productive place. Your best place is step one, which is rest. Living your life out of rest. And so that's why church, we the church, is a big deal. Because God's prescription for us. Because many of us are feeling lonely or disconnected. And I want to encourage you. There's room for you in our serving team. We call the serving team the dream team. Because God's dreams are being fulfilled. Amen. You are resilient. What you do matters. That's what God put on my heart to share with you. Now I'm going to start the preaching. But I'll, 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 I'll go quick. Part of being in friendship, part of being in community, important thing is humility. Today, I want to talk about unity through humility. John chapter 17, now that verse you have there, Dory. John chapter 17, verse 20 to 21. Because all of us have been tempted to pull back. Because of the pain and the disappointments in our lives, we want to pull back, we want to disconnect, we want to be left alone. But Jesus is praying a prayer for His people. And in this passage, we're going to see... He wants His people, His disciples to be one. Can you read with me? My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Come on, read it. Father, may they also 
Wow. Jesus wants his church to be unified. No cliques, no gangs, no clubs, but one body of Christ. Imagine if the arm and the leg got together and like, we're going to gang up. We're the right side. We're the blue team. We're, we're the, we're, can I say it? We're the blood? <laughs> we're not live. We're not live streaming. So we're, 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 we're going to get them. We're going to. <laughs> the body will lose. Everybody will lose because we need each other. Jesus wants his church to be united. And the number one key, I believe, is humility. Humility is so key. Can you think of somebody in the Bible besides Jesus who had great humility? Mary. Can you imagine Mary going to her friends and be like, Hey, guess who I'm carrying? The Savior of the world. Who are you carrying? Mm, twins? Oh yeah. <laughs> Messiah in here. Like if anybody could have been prideful, Mary, mother of Jesus, could have been. I'm, I'm carrying the Son of God. But we see she was so humble. In Luke 1, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So she, saw, she, she does the opposite, right? When you get something new, when you get a new car or, or new phone or whatever, like, you, uh, hey. But she does the opposite of show off. She stays humble. And she goes to her cousin. You know what her cousin's name is? Elizabeth. She goes to her cousin Elizabeth, who's, who was also pregnant at the time. Maybe they were at the same party or something. I don't know. But the, she's carrying, sorry, sometimes my jokes are inappropriate. <laughs> Don't, don't drift off. Don't start imagining things. Mary was wholly conceived, okay? So, so she goes to her cousin, uh, who was also pregnant with John the Baptist, and the baby leaps. Because Jesus, the Messiah, was in the womb, and John the Baptist and Jesus are meeting womb to womb. Baby leaps for, for joy. Luke 1, 46-52 there, Mary breaks out into a spoken word situation. She goes into about how God chooses, who God chooses to dwell with. And if you summarize that passage, in other words, she's saying God chooses to dwell with those who are humble. But those who are full of pride, God is far from them and brings them down. There's five scriptures, we'll put it up. I'm not going to read through it, but basically it gives you the confirmation that God is resisting the pride, the prideful. But he shows favor to the humble. You can take a photo or you can read it quietly. Pride goes before destruction. Before a downfall, the heart is prideful. But humility comes before honor. So church, when success comes in your life, when elevation comes in your life, when recognition comes in your life, Make sure your heart is humble. One of the things that would bring division in the church is a prideful attitude. Oh, you know that slight comment that sometimes people might say to kind of knock you down like indirectly? And this society is, is, is so me focused because we have allowed pride to rule over our hearts. 
And we bought into the lie that freedom means that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and I don't have to think about anybody else. Or some people are like, oh, I want to tell it like it is. Like, I just, I want to be real. Want... But you know, people have feelings. People have emotions. You are called to be humble. You're not called to be a doormat. I used to be a doormat. But you're called to be humble. You're called to restrain the power that you have. Humbleness is not lacking power. Humbleness is harnessing and controlling the power you have. You might have certain things to say to slash that person, but you're going to hold back. Restrained power is humbleness. And God is pleased with that. You don't have to fight for your reputation. You don't have to fight to prove something to somebody. You remain humble under the mighty hand of God. And He will lift you up in due time. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God right now. Because many times we try to fight for our name and let the Lord fight for you. You just be still. You trust in Him. Scary? They're degrading you. They're downgrading you. They're taking your job. They're taking your recognition. Let the Lord fight for you. God has something better for you. Amen? Amen. So true freedom is not running our mouth and telling it like it is. Because everybody has gone through pain and trauma just like you have. And true freedom is not just saying whatever. That's rebellion and that's pride and it's dangerous. It's a slippery slope. And so in the church, we need to start to exemplify what true humbleness is, what true humility is. I went to the bathroom today. I mean, everybody goes to the bathroom, I think. (laughs) What an embarrassing thing to say. First one was clogged, so I put the garbage bin. So that nobody, I put it on top of the toilet. I'm giving unnecessary details. I went to the other one, and in the bin, I was telling Pastor M, it was like something really disgusting in the bin. I can't be like, I'm the pastor of the church. Let the connection team do that. Fix that. No. I fixed it. I'm saying that not to be like, guess what I did today. No. We do it as unto the Lord. Everything that we do. Talking to that grandfather in the corner of Tim Hortons. We do it unto the Lord. Picking up that garbage on the floor. We do it unto the Lord. Everything that we do, because we are accountable to a higher authority. You and I have opportunities and people in our lives. Are we playing games? Or are we following in the footsteps and in the way of Jesus? Because we are the church. And people that don't know Jesus don't want to come into church because of the drama in the church. Can we be different, Next Level Church? Can we be people of humbleness? Say, you know what? I'm sorry. But in your head, you know you were 99% correct and they were 2,000% wrong. My math is bad. But you know what? I'm sorry. Our relationship is more important. Our friendship is more important than me proving that I'm right. Because we are the church. I need you. I'm not going to gossip against you because I need you. I'm not going to judge you because I need you. God put us together in this city, in this church. I need you. And I'm sorry. The way of Jesus. He was never prideful. 
He was always humble. He was always mindful of others. The way of Jesus. And this is why it matters. Because sometimes we get distracted and fall into prideful traps. But I hope you open up your heart. I got two minutes to give you three points. Three thoughts on pride. Pride focuses on self. Jesus didn't live that way. The, the world says, if it doesn't affect me, I don't care. Not my problem. But the way of Jesus says, if it affects you, it affects me. If it matters to you, it matters to me. Because you are created in the image of God. He breathes, he breathes living breath into you. You are valuable. So if it matters to you, it matters to me. How many of you watch the weather? I just watch this for fun because they're usually wrong. Right? Like, oh, it's going to rain. Take an umbrella. It never rains. Like, okay. There's a 5% chance of rain. I'm like, okay. Like, weatherman said, category 5 hurricane is, is, is coming. It's going to absolutely demolish tens of thousands of people's lives. This is from the past. Okay? It's not today. Like, don't leave the church yet. It's not happening here. He said, category 5 hurricane is coming. And... It's going to destroy tens of thousands of homes. But good news. It's not, going to, it's not going to affect you. Good news. You can have your tea time peacefully. You can watch Family Feud and have your cookie and tea as usual. He literally said, good news. It won't affect us. It's only good news if it's good news for everybody. There are a hundred other ways he could have said that, but he chose to say good news. It ain't our problem. Pride focuses on self. Point number one. Point number two, pride is defensive when threatened. Because we want people that have the same worldview as us. Our worldview comes from our upbringing, our education, our life experiences. That, that's what forms our worldview. And we like to listen to uh, uh, people that agree with our worldview. The scientific term is confirmation bias. But not everybody's worldview is the same as us. There's no right or, right or wrong worldview. There's our worldview. And uh, we've all had a, you know, like, okay, for example, look at a young couple that get married. Don't, don't think about Nithya and Dinesh right now. They're on vacation. Leave them alone. Think about a newlywed Two different worldviews come together and they're clashing. I was talking to this couple a few years ago and like really nice people, intelligent Christian people and they were like fighting about should flossing be done first and then brushing or brushing and then floss. Like these are like, what do you think pastor? I grew up in the village, okay? We had no floss and occasional toothbrush maybe. Like, you know, Viko Bajradanti, anybody know Viko? It's a powder tooth. Anyway, you guys are like, what savage person. Or, the right way to cook dal. There's the Tamil style, there's the Singhali style, there's the... Oh, I'm getting personal now. The right way to cook dal. My mom didn't cook like that. Like, what, your, your mom cooks like that? Like, what? 
there's these things that people put, I call them evil. Because if you bite into them, you're done. Your, your meal is done. What's that called? No, it's like, it's like, not spice. It's like this weird taste. It's good for flavor, like, like scent. Cardamom. I call it evil. Because if you accidentally put it and bite into it, your meal is over. It's game over, bro. It's done. It's like, psh, can't eat anymore. I bit into the evil. <laughs> Worldview clashes. Christmas tradition. Real tree or fake tree? Open the gift midnight on the eve or in the morning? Chris, church tradition. Go to church on Christmas or stay home and eat turkey and nap. Let me, let me go a step deeper. Our brain is always looking for shortcuts. Because if our brain doesn't look for shortcut in every circumstance, we will actually shut down. So uh, in order for, uh, for, you know, for us to operate in this world, our brain has to find shortcuts so that it processes information quickly so we can keep moving. Our worldview is a shortcut. But the problem is COVID messed up everything in so many ways. People will come and ask, Pastor, should we wax? Not wax. You can wax if you need to wax. Like if the door needs painting, paint it. Should we wax? Should we vax or not vax? Both. Yes. My answer is yes. Pastor, should we get vaccinated or not? Yes. Unvaccinated? Vax? Both. And they're like, what? What is it? And then they come back, they're like, double vax or triple vax? Vax. <laughs> Both. Now go in peace. <laughs> it has caused our brain to question even our strongest opinions. And we have a hard time navigating the world because everything has changed. Our worldview has changed. So here's the point in all of this. When our worldview is threatened by information that is not like our existing worldview, then pride kicks in. So our brain, because we are flesh, our brain naturally opposes anything that comes against us, against our preconceived worldview, the way we see the world. Anything that comes against the, our point of view, uh, uh, of our worldview, then we feel threatened and then pride kicks in. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to believe it. Pride says, turn it off, cancel it, disconnect from these people, unfriend them, get away from them. And so it's so difficult for us when our lifelong beliefs is, is challenged because of pride. Point number three, pride is sneaky. It can look like holiness, but it's just sneaky. If we're not careful, we can become self-righteous. Self-righteous is the Bible word for sneaky. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. Pride hides. False humility. Pretending that everything is cool, everything is easy, but inside we're like, no, I'm not okay with that. 
pride is hard to see in the mirror. The Pharisees thought they were pleasing God, but they were actually doing the exact opposite. Jesus rebukes them. I don't want to be rebuked by Jesus. And that was David. I mean, the Bible. Sorry not to put you on the spot. (laughs) David in the Bible. He was becoming king. And he wrote in Psalm 139, 23 to 24. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Read with me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He was basically saying, God, I don't know that. I'm not sure if my heart is okay. And everything that I've been through has shaped me. And I don't want to have a bias to affect how I lead your people now that I'm in power. David prayed, God, expose my pride in my heart. That should be our prayer. So I want to ask you, I'm going to wrap up very soon. When you look back on your life, was there a time where you were full of pride and didn't even know it? The antidote to pride is humility. And that's what Mary, mother of Jesus, had. What is humility? Two things, a poem and a dance, and I finish. Humility is two things. Number one, total, total dependence on God. Total dependence. Humility is not, oh, I am nothing, I am dust, I am worm, I am, oh, poor me, I, oh, pity me. Humility is total dependence on God. Can I say, can you say an amen? It's not just, I need less of, uh, it's it's not just saying I need less of myself. It's saying, God, I need more of you. And I love that old song where, where it says, Lord, I need you every hour. I need you. Every minute, I need you. Every decision, I need you. Every conversation, I need more of you, God. Humility is total dependence on God. Number two, humility is considering others above ourselves see sympathy is feeling sorry for somebody and being disconnected but empathy is I don't know I've never experienced this but I want to walk in your shoes is is completely different than saying I'm, I'm so sorry empathy is putting yourself in the shoes of another I've never walked in your shoes but I'm willing to if you're hurting then I'm hurting too God is calling us to empathize, not just sympathize. Empathize with someone. Uh, we we got to allow our hearts to get involved. And when we do that, we are moved to action. That's what Jesus was doing. He was moved to action because of his compassion. Jesus is the ultimate empathizer. And in Mark 140, about the man with the leprosy, Jesus heals him because he was moved with compassion he had empathy empathy says my experience isn't the same as your experience but if if you're in pain then i'm in pain too someone someone in the church a long time ago said pastor i wouldn't want to do what you're doing maybe you'll never do exactly what i'm doing or sit and you know face the church drama that i used to face and you don't need to But having you acknowledge that my pain is legit, that my struggle is real, that the, although the journey may be different, but you acknowledging that I also have pain, that's empathy. 
That means so much. And a while ago, we asked our, our dream team, hey, how has it been for you in the last few months? And the conversation lasted over an hour. There was empathy all the way around. Every single one, hearing from one another. Really, the, the, the battle and the struggle. We understood each other better what we've been going through. So as I wrap up, this is my challenge to you. Ask this question to somebody that is different from you. In the next two weeks, before the end of the month, I'm challenging you as your pastor and I'm asking you to go to somebody who has a different world view, different background, different race, and ask them this question. Type it in your phone or write it down or maybe memorize it. What has it been like to be you in 2022? What has it been like to be you in 2022? And I'm sure that as that person opens up their hearts and starts to share with you, that you will be filled with compassion, empathy for them, just like Jesus. And you will see the world a little differently than you did before. And if we will do that, then we will be a little bit more unified. Instead of rejecting people that are different from us or different worldview, we will be more unified. And we'll be able to be the answer for Jesus' prayer. Jesus prayed as we read, Father, make us one. So we are the church. When we're unified through humility, then we bring glory to our King Jesus. I want us to pray together. Let's stand.